I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we get to today's episode, I just want to invite you to an incredible event happening March 3rd and 4th, 2023. Let's start our year off strong. Our theme is Equip the Saints. This is the Young Adults Today conference designed for college pastors, young adult ministry leaders, their key volunteers and teams. It'll happen in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and We would love to invite you. You'll hear from Micah and I, as well as a host of other leaders and authors and pastors. There'll be breakout sessions, times of worship, and our goal is that you, as a person who's pouring out, would have the opportunity to be poured into and blessed and resourced and encouraged with rallying points, relationships that can last a lifetime and put useful resources into your hands. You can find out more details at www.youngadults.today slash conference. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. And I'm Josiah Keneally. Happy Monday. We want to let you know that you're alive to thrive. We launch new episodes of the Young Adults Today Mm -hmm. podcast every Monday. We want to help you start your week off strong. That's right. Come on, somebody. Yes. And if you want to get more involved, if this is your first time tuning in, you can subscribe, rate, review on any platform, whether you're listening at the gym or you're in the car. We just would love to hear from you what God's doing, what he's speaking, how you're being encouraged, or maybe how you're even being challenged. So let us know what we can be doing better. Let us know what you've been learning. And we have an amazing guest today, Josiah. I love when female guests come on because I feel like I don't know. It's just such a joy to uh, find and to see other women in forms of ministry and leadership and just walking out the journey that God has placed before them. And Josiah, I know that she is very beautiful, very artistic, has an incredible story, and we've received some of her amazing products. And I would love for the listener to tune in and get to know our guest today. And Josiah, who is the special guest? I'll introduce her in just a second, but we would just want to say welcome to Ann Nielsen. How are you? Oh, gosh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. I'm great. Good. We're excited. And um, Anne, by the way, is a well-known artist. She's the author of a brand new book. It's called Entertaining Angels. This thing is gorgeous. It belongs on your coffee table. We have two little girls in our house, and they love painting and creativity. So. (laughs) It's going to be exciting. Uh, Anne is also a wife, mother of four, artist and philanthropist. And so she owns Anne Nielsen Fine Art Gallery and a home goods company as well. And fun fact, and your team sent Micah and I Mm -hmm. some of your home goods Mm -hmm. and completely unexpected. We were so grateful. And Micah, do you love them or what? I do. They're the prayer cards. They're, I always am saying, I need more notebooks to make more notes. So I have every little individual sleeve is waiting to be drawn on with a to-do list. Or if Aurora gets a hold of it, our two-year-old, we're in trouble because she will <laughs> write on every page, front and back. So I'm holding on to those a little tighter than I do other things. <laughs> Treasure those little moments when the two year olds draw because, you know, <laughs> years from now you'll open it up and you'll be like, oh my gosh. That's so <laughs> I know. I love it. And, and we found a great way to start just this week and this episode is hearing from you some of your journey of life and leadership, just some of your story. Oh, thank you. Well, where do you want to begin? Um, well, you were born and then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you, I, um, 
knew as a little girl that I wanted to be an artist. I um, grew up in a kind of a broken home. My parents divorced when I was five. Um, I did have a kind of an experience with Jesus early on. I was probably seven or eight. I can't remember, but I was young. And it was almost like a dream where he just invaded my life. And, wow. and, I, and it was, I can't explain it, but it was so real to me. Um, but that was it. I mean, we grew up in church and um, I was one of those little two-year-olds that doodled on everything, whether it's, you know, a journal, a page, you know, class notes, I was doodling and scribbling and just having fun. I knew I wanted to be an artist. Um, in fact, in the third grade, I wrote a paper, what do you want to be when you grow up? That was, you know, what you had to write about. And the two letters at the top was an artist. And so I wrote, you know, I want to be an artist when I grow up. I also wanted to be a, a wife and a mom. And so um, fast forward, I was not the greatest student. I made a D minus in 10th grade art. True story. It's oh, on wow. my report card. Um, and I, it, I struggled with school. I went to Florida state for a year and a half. I struggled with college. I figured you'd, I mean, I found out later that you had to get your fanny in class in order to get a passable grade. And, um, I thought I'd just left Florida State. I just recently found out in some papers and from my dad moving him that I flunked out of college, but um, that selective memory. But anyway, God had a sense of humor and just, you know, along the detours and the roadblocks in my life, you know, he had a plan for that little girl that wanted to be an artist. And wow. that plan was to give me my, you know, my heart's desires, you know, to give me hope and a future. And um, so here I am today. I started, I painted my first little angel um, 20 years ago. And um, I sent a picture to my sister. I said, what do you think? She said, I think you found your voice. Wow. And um, so it's, it's been a, it's been a journey is what I tell people. Oh, that's incredible. And I would love to hear um, what inspires you to paint and be an artist? Like, where did that come from? Is there something, a story within the story where it was just a passion within you? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, we serve the master creator. Right. So yeah. I, I believe that each one of us has some sort of talent and it really cracks me up when people say, oh, I can't draw a stick figure. Hmm, I really want to question that because I really truly believe that if we are created in God's image, that we have some form of creativity, not, not that we're all going to be, you know, visual artists or whatnot, but he has equipped us with something. So I, I knew early on it was art and I would, I would dabble in, um, you know, in different mediums. I would, you know, sew pocketbooks and sell them when I was little, I would string puka beads when I was little and sell them. And, um, but mine was more of, I'll never forget when I was probably about, I can't remember, 11 or 12, my dad enrolled me into an adult um, charcoal class. And I sat there and I was, you know, drawing a still life of a tube of lipstick. And I loved that. I mean, it just, it made me come alive and who I was. Um, and again, like I said, I was not the greatest student. Um, I really utilized my entire right brain and, mm -hmm. and none of a brain. Um, 
But when I was creating, I knew that, you know, that's just what I wanted to do. And I did, let me back up. I, I didn't really flunk out of school, but I did flunk out of FSU. Um, it took me eight years to go back and get my college education. And I, I um, became, I got an elementary education degree and I taught school one year, third grade. And um, during that time, I started painting pottery as a mm -hmm. hobby. And so, and then my classroom, my third grade, third grade classroom, I mean, whether it was a math class or a science class, we always incorporated an art project. And so I was tapping into that creative, you know, the creative side. So my, I did have a pottery line for a good, maybe eight years where I was painting and selling and um, creating this little pottery line. And so it wasn't until um, I met my husband, we had four children and I kind of put all that creativity on hold while I was raising my children. And I, I'll never forget coming home from a friend's art. You know, I had a friend who was starting to paint, she had an art show and I came home just sobbing, like I need to create, I need yeah. to paint. And my husband said something so profound. He said, honey, there will be a time for that. But now is the time to minister to your children. And like I said, you know, you've got what a two-year-old and a one-year-old. One okay. And a blink of an eye. And my oldest daughter is getting ready to turn 28 tomorrow. And in a blink of an eye, they're adults. And I'm like, how did that happen? I like them when they were little. No, I love all ages. All ages are great. Maybe the teenagers, we could skip a couple of years there. Right. Um, but anyway, Clark said, you know, there will be a time for that. And so fast forward several years later, we built a home. I was able to, you know, built a little studio um, for my painting. And when they were off at school, that's when I really started painting in oils. And, um, and I, I, paint to praise music that's just kind of my time of worship yeah. was painting you know just experimenting with anything whether it was a still life of a pair or children you know figures or a landscape and I wanted to early on just paint something that reflected my faith that's and you know, and I I experimented with different subjects across or and, my, and truly my first angel, that one little angel popped out on the canvas. And I like to say, you know, when you're listening to that praise music, I get lost in worship. I get yep. lost in, you know, prayer with a living God. And I just allow the Holy Spirit to flow through me onto the blank canvas and see what he can create. And that's when my sister said, I think you found your voice. And um Never in my wildest dreams would I, you know, dream that I'd have an art gallery where we represent over 60 artists and a product line where we have over 40 products and um, published books. And, um, and truly, I look back to that D minus 10th grade and, and just if you look at, you know, how God just gently weaves and guides and sets your feet on that path. Oh my gosh. And your story's inspiring. And I knew it would be, I've always had a, a passion or just, I guess, appreciation for art. My dad just recently retired and you talked about your father a second ago. I just honor my dad. He just, 
retired from being a jeweler for 40 years. And so he he's like, and and at his retirement party, we surprised him. And um, he taught jewelry classes for over 20 years with some of his students, some of the faculty, or just some of the people he did work with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I won't forget this ever. One of his former students said, I'm so glad he was talking to me. He's like, I'm so glad I had your dad as a professor. Like no one can touch his skill of jewelry. Mm -hmm. And I've always known his talent was like diamond setting and Micah's ring, like our wedding ring. He designed it a special design. So I think just like always had that appreciation for creativity. And I think for everyone, Mm -hmm. it might look different. Like for you, it might be the painting, it might be, Mm -hmm. but I think it is this process of discovering our voice and co-creating with God, like we're designed Mm -hmm. in his image to, to then create. Mm -hmm. And I've heard this quote, I think it was Levi Lusco who shared it with us and not sure if it's original with him or not, but everyone's a genius. It's just discovering what type of genius you Mm -hmm. are. Yeah. I love that. And so I, I just be really intrigued to know like a lot of your artwork in this new book, Entertaining mm-hmm. Angels, you seem to have a commonality or a theme or emphasis as an artist on angels. Um, can you talk about like angelic beings or, you know, the divine images or or kind of just what, what intru- like inspired you to start drawing angels? Well, and it's back to almost 20 years ago when I painted that first one. And I just thought, okay, well, I'll I'll paint that and I'll still paint other things. But I think that by just really getting lost in that translation of worship and allowing the Lord to, you know, I tell everybody, if you have surrendered hands and a surrendered heart and allow him, the Holy Spirit to work through you, it's it's all God. So I was selling these tiny little angels, you know, at my kitchen table and then at this little, you know, gift store. And there's so many incredible people, divine appointments of how these angels spoke to individuals. And at one point, my husband said, honey, how long are you going to paint these angels? And I'm like, until the Lord tells me to stop. And um, Fast forward, this was several years ago. I was doing a book signing slash art show in Ocean Reef in Florida with my dear friend, Kathy Lee Gifford. And if we have time, we'll get into that story. But um, I'll never forget preparing for that show. And I was painting angels and getting ready. And I had a conversation with the Lord. And I just said, I do not want to crank these out like a, you know, a factory machine. Mm -hmm really want these, you know, if I'm to continue painting these, I want them to speak to the hearts of the collector, of yeah. the, you know, our, our clients, our viewers, whatever. And so I'll never forget having that conversation. And we pack up this body of work, we send it to Florida. And that's a crazy story because we got a call halfway through the, you know, the week before the show was on a Friday and like on a Wednesday, the gallery manager said we've sold half the art and we get there Friday night and Kathy and I are signing books and this girl had just lost her father Mm. and um and you know we signed a book to her gave her a hug and she was walking out of the gallery and the gallery was very tiny and so she was walking out she did a total beeline came back sobbing 
And she just said that art, that painting at the door just spoke to my heart. I've never had art speak to me. And anyway, I just, that was just a confirmation for Mm -hmm. me. This is really a ministry. And over the course of these almost 20 years, I'll never forget when this was 10 years ago, Kathy Lee held the first coffee table book up on the Today Show. And, uh, and I, two weeks later, got a phone call from a lady and she said, I have got to tell you, my four-year-old daughter passed away two years ago and I have not been able to grieve. I got your book. I read it cover to cover. And it's like the floodgates of heaven have opened up and the healing process has begun. And so at that point, I knew that this hobby, because it was a hobby, it was just a hobby. Um, But that hobby and that passion to paint these, you know, ethereal angel beings had moved and shifted to a ministry. And they were really ministering to different people, um, on different levels. I've had so many people fly in to share their story about whether they lost a loved one, a child. And, um, and so I like to also say, you know, there are no two fingerprints alike. There are no two snowflakes alike. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that there are no two angel wings alike in Mm -hmm. the painting. And over the course of these almost 20 years, I would love to know how many, and there are thousands of angels Mm -hmm. that have been it. And, um, and we, so as the angels started, you know, growing in value, um, they were going into galleries. So they weren't selling for $200 at my kitchen table anymore. They were selling for maybe $2,000. And then um, they were also um, being, you know, sold at live at, at fundraisers and live auctions and whatnot. And there was one particular, and let me back up to early on in this, you know, this kind of painting and raising my four children and trying to be, you know, a great wife and having dinner on the table, you know, the same time every night and um, making sure the house is clean and picked up. But I was volunteering at a harvest center at the local homeless shelter here in Charlotte, um, the harvest center. And I was there one day and um, I was in the kitchen preparing physical food for these 300 neighbors that were in the gym and they had a pastor in there and a worship band and they were worshiping, getting spiritually fed. Mm -hmm. And these people are on skid road. They're sleeping under bridges. They have, you know, tattered clothes. No, some had no shoes and, they are up there, hands raised, and they are being spiritually fed. And I was a mess that day when I got into my brand new car. I had a brand new Suburban to tote all my four kids around. Um, we had just built our brand new home. And I was driving home, having that conversation with the Lord saying, how am I going to do all this? How am I going to be a good wife? You know, a fun mom. My passion was to paint, but my heart wanted to serve our community. And I I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit speak to my spirit saying, paint and give back. Wow. And I got home that day. Y'all remember, well, y'all are too young. Y'all did not have this in your day. The old answer machines that had the tapes that you had to rewind. Y'all were oh, yeah. probably not born by then. But anyway, um, but I had a, a message on that machine um, from a lady who was selling my tiny little angel saying some lady had come in that day. 
And she had bought all three of the angels. And I knew, I said, okay, Lord, let's do this. And I knew then that that was going to be, you know, my heart was to, you know, give back mm -hmm. through the, and that started this journey. Um, I donated a small little painting for um, this organization that um, ministers to children with, um, with disabilities. And they minister through, um, through movement and through music. And so this particular organization had five live auctions. They had at least Mercedes Benz. They had a tickets to the Super Bowl. They had a golf cart, a fancy trip somewhere and my painting. And I really, I sat there in my chair doubting God, like nobody's going to bid on my painting. What am I, why did I even say yes? And, you know, that kind of doubt and that fear right. just overcame me. And, um, and God just said, no, I'm going to show up immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. And that painting sold for more than the Mercedes Benz at the dollars. And so that was just oh. another, oh, you know, okay, Lord, let's do this. And so that was kind of my journey. But I will say I had, you know, I had my doubts and God would hit me over the head with this like two by four saying, no, I've equipped you. I've given you this gift. It is for my glory. We don't glorify angels. We glorify the God who created the angels. They're on assignment for a purpose. Yep. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, Lord, open hands, open heart, guide me, show me where am I to go? Um, so Wow. I love it. And I think that's so amazing just to encourage even the listener today who is, who's doubting, who experiences exactly. the fear of rejection, the fear of being judged, the fear of failure. And I think when we surrender to God and we do have those open hands, open hearts, and a willingness to give him the glory in the process and not hoard it and build our own kingdom, but build God's kingdom through the gifts that he's given us and offer those back as a, a sacrifice, you know, at the foot of the cross and to see hit when we are obedient, He's faithful, right? Yeah. And he's always yeah. faithful. But I'm like, when we really put our heart on the line and put our hands to work and we're creating a product where we're, we're writing, we're, we're redesigning, we're rewriting forms of history or forms of reaching people, yeah. you know, through whatever that looks like. And I think Josiah even hit it on the head perfectly when he said, not everybody may be good with oils or the right. paintings or pottery, but I mean, I have family members like, I don't have any, I can't do anything. I go, you could sell your homemade caramel rolls and your buns to the community and you can live off that. Like that could be Absolutely. your business. Absolutely. We do, yeah. we do believe in a God who is the creator and he has created us to create and yeah. how we create may look very different compared to others, but really just honing in on just the goodness of God through our ability to say yes to him. And when we doubt, he shows up when we fail, he's still there. And even just for the listener, like if you're doubting and you're wondering what's your next step, your next step might be already in action. You just need to be leaning into that a little more. And if you're in a season where maybe you do need to pull back, like, I think I can relate to you Anne, in your early days of children of like, how do I do all this and how do I do it well? Cause I want to function at hundred percent. The home's clean. The groceries are in the fridge to be put on the table. The kids are bathed, they're sleeping and I'm getting alone time with myself, with the Lord, with my spouse. And I still want to have those passions because something's inside of me. And I realize 
I like to create more like the restoration of furniture and creating through woodwork and all that kind of stuff. So when I'm not creating, I feel unfulfilled or I don't feel as connected to the Lord. So I just want to encourage the listener, you're not alone and you've been there and there may be moments where you're still there, right? Um, Josiah and I are there trying to navigate the waters of parenthood, a brand new ministry that started out like yours very much. It's a fun hobby. We'll start a podcast and see what happens. Okay. 120,000 people are listening. Like, okay, Lord, what do you want to say through us? Like what, not what do we have to say, but what do you have to say through us? Just like you're like, Lord, I'm going to put my hand to the the paintbrush and we're going to start getting into town, going to town with it. But what do you have to speak through my paintings to the soul that needs to start that healing process? And, um, oh, this is so good. Um, Josiah (laughs) wants to know, he wrote this down. Will you share with us the message behind your newest book, Entertaining Angels? Because we're going to attach this in the notes for the listener. Get these ordered so you can get them as your stocking stuffers. You better get a bigger stocking though if you do. But get these under the Christmas tree. They are beautiful. But Anne, what inspired you more or less to do specifically this book? And what do you want the listener to get and receive from the writings and the pictures depicted specifically in your newest project? Um, well, yeah. So I, um, let me also, when we published the first book, I self-published the big, large coffee table book, Angels in Our Midst. I had someone... Um, reach out to me and coffee table books, you know, you sit them on your coffee table, you put a little ornament on there and you just don't, you know, I I don't read all my coffee table books. They're there for show. But I had a lady email me and said, Oh my gosh, this is my newest devotional. And I'm like, that's a little bit heavy and awkward. I need to start, you know, with a smaller devotional. So two years ago, we wrote um, the devotional. It was 40 days. Um, It was 40 words, 40 angels and 40 devotionals. And that was, um, about words. And it was published by Thomas Nelson, which was great. They do an amazing job. And we thought we were going to sell 50,000 copies in one year. Well, we sold 50,000 copies in two months and we were blown away. Wow. And and we know that words are important. They can either build someone up or they can tear someone down. So I want these angels to be attainable to millions of people. I mean, you know, not everybody can, you know, you know, get to original, but they can get to something that they can have the angel and they can have the story. So this new book, Entertaining Angels, is more about actions. And um, we know that we are not angels on earth, um, but I know that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus on earth. Now, this book has every other story is my story. They're inspired true stories. Um a lot like when I was two years old, I was playing with my cousin and my grandparents um, home. We were um, two and a half, you know, I, I can remember like I can design, I could map out the bedroom that we were supposed to be taking a nap. You have a two year old, you can relate to this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I was, um, it was two and a half. So it was kind of in a little attic space. They had just painted the um the trim of the house so the screens were not locked in place and those were the old screens that had little loops that locked over a little you know little bolt so the screens were not locked in place my little cousin and I were playing around not napping mm-hmm. I the windowsill I always say that she pushed me out of the window but I'm not sure she did but anyway I fell two and a half stories onto a brick patio, missing the brick column by two inches and not a broken bone, 
I had a concussion, but that was the only thing. And we want to just say that the angel kind of softened my blow. Um, so there's stories like this, true stories of near misses. There are stories of, you know, it's hard. It take, you know, it's a thread of marriage and of depression and of, you know, accidents and, and, you know, people who have actually died, but have had an angel that had sat there by their side. I mean, they're just inspiring true stories. So this is about actions and how, you know, we can be um, the hands and feet of Christ today in this world yeah. where, you know, anger is raging and division rampant. And we need to, through our words, through our actions, you know, bring that peace of Christ that passes all understanding that brings that love, that grace, that mercy um, to a broken world. So this book is really sweet. I was actually, you know, um, getting my hair done a week ago and I was, I, I wanted to reread it. I haven't read these stories. And, um, and so I just started reading and tears just started streaming down my face and um, they really are, they're short stories. So it's easy to read. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not really meant as a devotional, but there's scripture. And I think that it really will meet the reader, you know, at every level, um, whether it's your marriage, whether it's, you know, you're at the grocery store and how you react to the angry clerk that's facing you, you know, opposite. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a great, it's a great book. So we're excited that this is out. We've got more um, more things in the pipeline with Thomas Nelson to keep this little, um, going, but we're excited. Love it. And it's amazing. I was just actually studying for a message, uh, speaking to a young adult ministry and 18 to 30 year olds is really our focus and our passion mm -hmm. of the faith of the next generation. And I was studying the book of Esther for this mm -hmm. message. I was talking about like kind of the Esther 414 moment where she was born for such a time as this right. kind of a Kairos moment, a unique yeah. opportunity. And, um, I, I discovered something about Esther and the author of Esther or the book in, mm -hmm. cause it's in the Bible. And one of the things that was unexpected about studying this book is God is not mentioned in the book of Esther. Oh, wow. And it's like, okay, well, this is the Old Testament. Like, this is the Bible. Like, how <laughs> is God not mentioned? So then I'm like studying and like, okay, do other translations. But really, it's a unique um, way of writing where mm -hmm. the author's intention was to invite the reader, the listener, right. to look for the activity of God in the narrative, in the story right. of Esther. And I'm reminded right. of that with, with pictures and mm. with words, of course, too, but with painting, mm -hmm. I think sometimes an artist can create something with an intention. And I don't know if you've had this or not, but where you painted it for one reason, or you were inspired mm. in one direction. And then the interpretation, the interpretation <laughs> is like, they're seeing God's activity or you're just like listening to praise music. You're like, I'm going to get out the canvas and paint some yeah. angels. Here we go. And then you're actually inviting the person who's going to see this. You don't know their story. You're inviting mm -hmm. them to look for the activity of God in their own life, mm -hmm. in their own struggle, in their own journey. Well, I've got a great story uh, to tag along with that. Um, you know, y'all know Stephen Curtis Chapman. Totally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this was years ago. And um, when little Maria Sue passed away, 
I just went into mourning. I mean, because I listened to his music and I was just, you know, my heart was so broken. And I was like, I'm going to paint them a painting. And um, I did a small little painting. It was not the colors that are typically, you know, out on my palette. It was pastels, the backside of a little girl, dark hair, hair tousled in a little ponytail with a red ponytail holder. Now that painting sat in my studio because I really didn't know, know how to get it to the Chapman family. But about a month and a half later, I felt that nudge of the Holy Spirit. You got to send it. You got to send it. And I finally did send it through an avenue that could get it to him. Fast forward two months later, I am leading the small group of um, Bible study. Now, the big, large group, the, the leader was talking about how we serve a big God, mm-hmm. but we tend to te- keep them in a small box. And I tend to do that, you know, a lot, you know, oh, we can't do this. Oh, we can't. I mean, you know, that small box, mm-hmm. but we serve a big God. And so I'm telling my um, little group, my small group of 10 women that um, the story about the painting, sending it to the Chapmans, I probably will never hear from the Chapmans, small God. Mm -hmm. Um, But out of obedience, I sent this painting to them. Well, that afternoon, I get in my car, I open my phone, which, you know, we all have our phones and the easy access to email. And there was an email from Grace, their assistant. And they said, oh my gosh, we about dropped the painting that you sent our way. Um, The colors were the exact same colors of our home. And little Maria Sue always wore her hair tousled in a red ponytail. Stop. Praise God. He knows. (laughs) He knows. And I was just like, I I had to have a moment of repentance and just surrender. And, you know, I, and not only that, the Chapmans and I have become really close friends. We've had him here to the gallery for an unplugged night and, you know, twice now and just, he knows he sees and that's just something you know through this painting through this journey through my speaking you know we gotta believe god for big things right yep and i um my phone we all have our phones attached to our hips and i always tell people this always you know god's word can be intimidating sometimes um i I give my children bibles all the time they're like mom not another one i'm like they haven't even cracked open the, the other, the first one, that, you know, anyway, but there are, the Bible can be intimidating sometimes to yeah. really, again, to me, God's word is so important to me. And I'm like, mark up the Bible. His word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And that is our anchor. And so what I have done is I have put, you know, in full scripture, you know, on my phone that pops up random times during the day. Like my favorite scripture is Ephesians 3.20. So at 3.20 p.m., if you're an a.m. person, you can have it up on a.m. But 3.20 p.m. every day, that scripture, the entire thing pops up on my phone. And it's just a time for us to pause yeah, and to cling to God's word and to know whatever it is. I've got it for my children and marriage. and But that's a way for us to cling to his word, knowing that is living, is active in our lives. He's bigger than we can ever imagine. And get him out of that small box. That's good. That's good. And you know, that speaks to me. I know it does for my kids too. We just, um, we have a a big dream in our heart, really related to the faith of the next generation. And 
Um, we don't want to put God in a small box. He's given mm-hmm. us a vision, a dream, yeah. and we want to go after it. But there are those moments of doubt or yes. insecurity or fear. And it's like, are people going to understand? <laughs> or is this even make sense? And, and exactly, are we crazy? And I would just ask you this, Anna, like, why do you believe that things like discipling young adults or the faith in the next generation, why is that important? because right now our world needs it so badly. And um, I just, I, I, and I, I am, and I'm going to be praying for y'all and what y'all do and just pouring into that next generation, because mm-hmm. especially um, my daughter said I was going through some old photographs. I have a big old album and she just looked at me and said, gosh, I wish I grew up in the eighties. Life seems so much simpler back then. Wow. And I feel like today with, um, you know, everybody's on social media, everybody has got their phone, everybody is comparing to what everybody else is doing. And that is an unhealthy thing. Um, I do a lot of in my talks, you know, I have a slideshow that comes up and, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Yep. And, and I, and I, you know, I'm speaking to me comparing myself to another artist or comparing my business to other businesses or comparing our, you know, why does she have that many likes? And I don't, I mean, you know, that is an unhealthy thing. And so today's generation, you know, it's so important to pour in that truth and God's word. And, you know, I, I know that they are, but I, I also driving to church. I know I, I see people who are not getting into church yeah. and not in church. Where are they? Where are they getting truth? Mm-hmm. And it's not the news and it's not social media and it's not that platform. Right. So I think it's so important to start, you know, start even younger than 18, but to get that into you know, ministering to these, you know, children and through platforms of podcasting and, you know, social media, that is where we are going to read TikTok. I don't even know how to do a TikTok. (laughs) Y'all probably do. But that is so important for these young people to make it fun. We, one quick thing, um, we just got back from the Bible Museum, like I said, and um, such an incredible experience but yeah. they had these um the skit guys do y'all know the skit guys heard of them yeah, yeah. it's so oh cool gosh they were like the saturday night live for the bible I and it. it just makes it you know my son my 22 year old son was I was making them watch it last night and they were just kind of laughing over there you know i was watching them at the corner of my eye but you know getting that kind of media platform to this next generation um whatever it takes let's get god's word planted and embedded in the seeds you know into their hearts yes that's 100 percent. because the next generation stats are showing that they're four percent biblically literate meaning 96 percent do not know the word of a god what mm-hmm. is a moses Old Testament, New Testament i don't know yeah. and our prayer is that we want to see them go first and foremost to the heart of Christ, okay. the cross and the heart of the church, get back in yeah. the church doors. Cause they're dying for community. You they need are. relationships, you need community and you have to start with the faith, um, your own faith and working out your faith with the Lord and inviting people in that process. It's such a fun thing to do. We love that. We love hosting things. Hospitality is one of my gifts and they come alive. Like they forget that the older people are in the room because they're yeah. just loving life. And they're like, 
we didn't know what we were missing. And I'm like, yes, the next generation or the current generation does not know what they're missing because they're so hungry. They're willing to eat anything and they're starving. And the truth that they are consuming is not real truth. And that's just one of our passions is to see the word of God written on their heart, their gifts activated, them walking and functioning in and with the Holy Spirit, receiving the gift of, of their prayer language and just dwelling in his place and going back to the heart of Christ. And one of our biggest prayers is like, Lord, for us alone, always keeping our heart intact with the Lord is take me back to my first love. And many people don't even know who their first love is. So just even recognizing like, how do we introduce their first love to them? You know, this is going to be the first time every person is one invitation away from experience a relationship with Christ. And we can't shy back because we're afraid of getting rejected. The Bible says, or Jesus even said himself, if they reject you, it's because they rejected me first. And uh, we just got to live out our bold acts of faith. And we have to people with us. And if people don't appreciate our work or creativity, well, somebody else will, and they'll find somebody else to follow it. So y'all are planting seeds. And that's the most important thing. Y'all are planting Mm -hmm. seeds. And that's what you've got to believe. You plant the seeds, you surrender it to the Lord, and he does the watering and the growing and the, you know, the rest. And so what y'all are doing is so important. And um, I just, I'm grateful for that. So grateful. Thank you so much. And we want to grow in relationship with you. And I think the audience is probably wanting to hear a little more from you too. So we've come to the part of the, the podcast. We have five and five. These are five questions in five minutes. Are you ready for a mid morning challenge? Sure. All uh, right, let's do it. Don't do well with these kind of things, but you're going to do awesome. Okay. Here's number one. And what is something that you're doing right now as a hobby, maybe outside of painting? What would we find you doing? Something that you maybe picked up along the way the last couple of years? A hobby yeah. or just something different? Oh, either that, or, whatever way you want to go. Um, gosh, well, and I heard you say something about having time for yourself. I don't have a whole lot of time for myself, um, trying to, you know, run three companies really. Oh, wow. So we built our, um, we have a little, um, garage and we built a little shed pool house thing back there. And I put a sauna back there. So for me to carve out that time to put praise and worship music, listen to podcasts like y'all for whether 30, 45 minutes and sit in my sauna, that is kind of my new go-to thing that I'm trying to carve out. That's a form of self-care. I have not. Yeah. Self-care, but I have not picked up another hobby right now. I love it. You got enough going on, right? You're on mission. How about this? And if you don't have a sauna, you can just take a walk around the block and, you know, put your headphones on, but listen to a podcast or listen to, you know, some praise music. That's right. How about this for a second question? What's Gavin teaching you lately? Um, To trust him, no matter what, to be still and to trust him. Um, Again, not to compare myself to what's going on. Um, with my neighbor, with my, you know, other, just trust him to be still. That is hard in a world that is into microwaving and God is into marinating and to be able to be still and sit in that marinating process and to know that God will do what he says he will do to cling to his word, um, but to trust and to be still. Oh, that's good. And that's hard. So yes, we can relate. All right. And here's the curveball. If you could ask Josiah and myself a question today, what would you ask us? It can be anything. 
Um, how did y'all meet? Ooh. Okay. Uh, my side of the story is uh, back in 2014, I was praying and fasting for my husband for like a year. And I said, Lord, tonight when I go to bed, I want to see his face. I want to dream. I want to dream. I want to see him. And I went to bed that light night living in Bismarck, North Dakota. I woke up and I was so angry because I did see his face and I didn't know who he was. And I'm like, God, I don't even know anybody who looks like that. And I was like, and then I had to repent because I'm like, okay, Lord, because he, he reminded me, he's like, Michael, what have you been praying for? And what have you been fasting for? I'll take you and bring you together in my time. So in the dream, it was this, we were on a bridge. There was a city in the background. And then this guy with a black twins, black on black hat, a black jacket, bright blue eyes, <clears throat> just like Josiah looks right now uh, hat on. <clears throat> in my dream. He looks at me and he goes, Micah, I love you. And that's when I woke up. Wow. And I was like, okay, Lord, if my husband's not coming to Bismarck, North Dakota, I will go where you want me to go. Just send me. So I ended up enrolling in school, downtown Minneapolis, North Central University, which I'd never toured, never been downtown, never saw anything, like never been there, like to like to live. And I packed up at 27, left everything I had. And um Wow. Yeah. And then fast forward, I was praying for, to get involved with the church with a young adult ministry. I walked into church and I was like, where do I sit? Show me the heart of this church. I want to see the heart of worship, the vision, like everything. And uh, he was the first person I met. I shook his hand and they said during the greeting time and God goes, yep. Cause it was a face from my dream. Oh, wow. So I started um, still praying and fasting for my spouse. Didn't want to have a Joseph moment, which I call those moments. Like you share what God has given you too soon to people who don't need to know. Like, oh, God told me I'm going to marry you. You were the guy in my dream. Yeah. Fast, right. <laughs> um, so that's the dream that I had. So I always kept that in my heart and uh, I prayed. And then that's when Josiah entered the story. And I pray wow. that to see my heart and I was still praying for him as a friend after I met him serving in ministry together. And then you proposed Josiah not too long after that, right? A year yeah, after yeah. We, were, we were friends like serving alongside yeah. each other in ministry for a year. And, and I think by the way, church is a great place. If you're single and you're listening. But I, I tell my children, yes. <laughs> right? Like I think the church is a great place to meet a future spouse. And um, so we met, we were friends for a year and then we dated for about 10 months a year. Mm -hmm. And then Micah had told me along the way, like, Hey, I just ask questions and then pretend not to pay attention. Like, so if you could go anywhere, where would you go? Or where's your favorite place you've ever been? She's like the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. So I told a buddy. And so we booked flights and, um, Wow. proposed at the Grand Canyon on this little South Rim wow. like, cliff. Wow. And uh, people would wow. say, what if she said no? And then I, I said, <laughs> like, truly, I would have said, push me. Push me now. <laughs> but, but no. That I love that. I love that. I yeah. love that. We got married. How long have you been married? Uh, five yeah. years. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. Yes. So I, God does hear our prayers. I do believe that he gives us Sleep yes. dreams and dreams, two different types of dreams. Yes. And he can reveal yes. that we do need to repent if we are not happy with what we see and how we see it because God's ways are better than ours. And yeah, God, what we needed in each other and who we need to become in our singleness. So yeah, it's been an awesome journey and a great ride to do ministry fully together. process. That is well, y'all are. So I've got another book coming out April 18th called The Brushstrokes of Life. It is my memoir. Wow. Yes. We don't have time to tell you my story of how I met my husband. But anyway, it's I love hearing stories of how people met. And that is truly, truly a God story. So oh, wow. That's me. Thanks, Anna. And and so back to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
I know you're busy, but if you took a vacation or you could travel somewhere, not for work, but just like for fun or maybe with your kids or your husband, where would you go that you haven't been before? Okay. So I have a big birthday coming up this spring and um, not that this is going to happen, but I really want to go to Africa. Wow. Yes. And, um, and we are big travelers, but um, so I'm, I'm, that is on my bucket list, whether we do the gorilla track or whether we do the wildebeest, whatever, you know, migration, whatever it is, I just want to go do. Um, and I, I'm such a, well, this is another thing. I've got a little children's line coming out and it's with watercolors. And so my husband and I were in Rome, where were we in? Was it Rome? I think it was Rome. And we went to the Borghese Garden Zoo and I spent hours there. And so I, our little children's scripture card, all these little watercolor animals. Actually, I've got this little, our daughters, little love it. Yeah. Oh, so those God. are, anyway, these are our little scripture cards. So um, anyway, um, so Africa, give me an animal to paint and a watercolor brush. Oh, amazing. Okay. And here's a final question. Um, for the day. And if you could leave the listener with one word of encouragement today, what would you leave them with? Oh gosh. Um, to know that the grace of God is sufficient for all, no matter what we have done, um, his grace and what he did on the cross, if they could just understand that he loves us, mm -hmm. the plan for us, and that plan is to prosper us, to give us hope and a future. I don't care what you've done in your past, but to know that no matter what, he loves you. And, um, and that his grace is just a powerful thing, the mercy and grace. So um, I love it. What an encouraging note to leave for us, for the listener. And I would just say this based on a couple of things that Anne said, the grace is sufficient for all of your needs. And if you're lacking inspiration, mm -hmm. There's a theme that Anne was talking about in traveling. She, she's taken some field trips. And I love the Mark Batterson quote. He says, a change of pace and a change of place will lead to a change of perspective. And if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling maybe like you're doubting or you're afraid for the next step, I would just say today, it might be a prayer walk. It might be the zoo, might be a bus ride, whatever it is, but Take a field trip today mm -hmm. and um, allow God to speak to you. Think about that what he did on the cross. Think about Jesus, change your pace a little bit, go for a walk or go on a field trip, change your place. And I really think that you'll experience a change Amen. in perspective and that God can speak to you. Might be through art or through God's art, seeing a sunrise, seeing a sunset. But, and we just want to circle back and say, thanks for your time today. What a beautiful time. I cannot wait to just you know, meet y'all in person, hopefully one day and just continue to pray for you and your ministry and um, what God has in store for you ahead. Amazing. Amen. We look forward yeah. to that. And in the meantime, pick up your copy of Entertaining Angels and we'll talk to you guys real soon. for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.